an. No, we're really buzzing out there. Keys um, just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, and we'll see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back, folks. Episode 38 of Just Dishing It, joined as always by John Toots Tudor and our producer, Mr. Derek Hoskins. What's going on, boys? Good to be back. Good to be back. Yes, sir. As always, it's gonna be a gonna be a fun week. I'm really looking forward to this one. Oh, big time! Long time coming on this one. Toots, how you feeling? You think the Pens are gonna pull it out tonight? I certainly hope so. Uh, after getting bounced around this weekend, um, but you know who who knows at this point? They don't look very good right now. Teams getting sold. Things are in things are in shambles, but that just means you hammer the Pens puck line tonight yeah. at home against Buffalo. But you know, there's actually you know, do you guys see Crosby over the weekend too? Little little edge in the game there. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know why everyone's talking about that, but but it seems PK Sluban is not getting an, yeah. any love really. Well, it's just time and time again that guy with that move. I don't get it. Uh, at this a, point, at this point, I almost think though that you uh, that you have to commit to it, right, and just make it look like that's what you normally do going into the corner. And yeah, I think that's where he's at. Maybe it's all just incidental. But speaking of playing with an edge, oh yeah, a great episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, you read all over that segue, folks. One of, if not the biggest guest we have had on this show. Please welcome former Danbury Trashers GM. AJ Galante. AJ, what's AJ, up? What's man? up? What's up, guys? How you doing? We're freaking awesome, man. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. So glad we were finally able to make it happen. How's life, man? You've been busy. Busy. Very, very, very busy. It's been like um like nine weeks since this thing has come out, and it's just been, you know, we definitely weren't prepared for for just how how big it's gotten you know what i mean so it's it's uh it's been a blessing in a way and uh but been very very busy but it, it's very humbling yeah i can imagine dude like i saw a lot you know watching other interviews you've done obviously the documentary and stuff you bring up often that you never put this story to bed and i find it funny that that seems to be what the call was for the documentary and it just ignited <laughs> like you never could have imagined it's kind of amazing you just hit it on the head. I mean, really, you know, originally when they came to us to do this, me and my dad, you know, me especially, I, I just kept deleting the producer's email. I just kept deleting it, deleting it. I was like, I don't want to do this. Then he kept persisting and persisting. So finally I spoke with him. I still didn't want to do it, but I'm like, I have to tell my dad about it. My dad didn't want to do it, but this guy kept pushing us. He's like, listen, I'm telling you, it's going to be big if you let us do it. And I don't know, I kind of believed him, but at the same time, I was like, you know, whatever. It's like, who's going to be really interested in this, you know? And, uh, you know, that's kind of what me and my dad kind of came up with to justify doing it in a way. It's like, listen, you know, it was kind of an unceremonial way it ended. You know, why don't we just tell our side and put it to bed? And like yeah. you said, man, I mean, it couldn't be more of the opposite. You know what I mean? So it's... Yeah. uh. It's been it's been crazy. 
Yeah. Have you been have you been having fun with it? it? It seems like from the interviews I've seen you do and all your social media, I mean, you're someone that's really made time for everyone that wants to talk to you, whether it's fans or kids. Uh, I think you were at the CCM event out in Chicago. I saw a bunch of posts. Yeah. Like, I mean, what what's that been like kind of connecting with people? This is all like I like I was saying, I mean, it, it's been so I, I people get mad at me. I keep repeating the same thing. It's just so crazy. And it's like you never expect it to grow the way it has. You don't expect people to recognize who you are. You know, I mean, I'm I'm I don't look at myself any different than I did 10 weeks ago. But it's like you go places and people know who you are. It's it's weird in a way. And, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that we were in Chicago and uh, you know, young kids, eight, nine years old, who should have been watching this documentary, by the way. And uh <laughs> you know, coming up to me, talking to me, telling me about, you know, their favorite parts. And it's just, it's crazy, you know? And, uh, but you know what? I, I, one thing I, you know, people have been asking me in the podcast, like, do I have any regrets? And one of the regrets I had was I didn't really live in the moment, those two seasons, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, you know, you kind of just assume that you'll be doing this forever, you know? So I didn't really like, you don't live in the moment. I'm trying to live in the moment now. I'm trying to enjoy all this kind of telling these stories and, um, you know, make time for everyone. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, do the best you can. It, and I do enjoy it. I do enjoy connecting with people. I, I appreciate the appreciation, you know, like people just yeah. seem to love the story. And, uh, you know, that means a lot to me. Yeah, man. It's, it's quite incredible where it's like, you're talking about living in the moment. And I'm just thinking 17-year-old Ben. Oh, man. I didn't have – I didn't get a hockey team. When, like, I was playing youth hockey. Like, it's just I, – I, I didn't live in the moment then. And you're the GM of a minor league hockey team. Like, it's almost a completely unfair expectation to even consider that you could possibly live in the moment, given those circumstances. Yeah. I mean – Def, I, you know, it's one of those things like people keep asking me, like, how'd you do it? School, this, that. You just find a way. I know it doesn't make sense, but you just find a way to get things done. And, and you know, certainly it wasn't all me. We had a great team around us. And, um, but it's just, it's just, you know, as I get older, you know, because I was talking to my mom about a week or two ago and I was saying, Ma, can you believe so many people like love this story? They think it's so crazy. And, and, she said something that kind of hit home to me. She said, AJ, this isn't normal. Like, this isn't a normal story. We we normalized it at the time, but it's not normal. And she's so right. You know, as I get older, and I mean, I'm 35 now, so it's like half a lifetime ago. And it's like, it, it does, every year it seems to get crazier in my head. Like, I can't believe we were doing these things. I can't believe I, you know, it, it's just, it's nuts. The, the crazy thing too was, Watching the doc, it was like when you talked about how you found out, right? Like we hear now about players hearing like, oh, yeah, like found out I got traded on Twitter. Like you found out in school from your teacher that you were now the GM of a hockey team. Like is that that's actually how this went down? Like you had literally no clue yeah. until you went into class? 100% accurate. I mean, it was like I'm walking to just like I said in the doc, you know, you're walking in school, you know people are kind of looking at you. And then my teacher, one of my teachers, he, he was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. I can't believe it. And I'm like, and I was just like, what the, you know, what is this guy talking about? And, um, you know, you go to the library, you know, the school library, they got all the newspapers on those big ass sticks. 
You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like reading it. I'm going to the sports section and, and there it was. And it was like the funny, I think the funniest story. And I think I told it to the producers, but it just didn't make the doc. You know, a lot of people like the story, you know, because it started, you know, we were at dinner one night. My dad, my dad kind of nonchalantly said what we were going to do. And I thought he was kidding. Then, you know, the next week at school, the funniest thing about this story is that night, you know, so I go to school. This all happens. I see it in the paper. You know, I'm like, my mind is blown. I go home. The funniest thing is my dad comes home. He used to come home 730 on the dot every night. He comes home. We didn't say a word to each other. Like we we went to dinner and it was almost like we were playing chicken, like who was going to bring it up first. And it was like the biggest elephant in the room. And no one said a thing like we just like it. We're such weirdos. Like we didn't say a word to each other about it. And I remember going to bed that night and I was thinking to myself, like, I got to get myself out of this. I can't do this. This is going to be crazy. And I just had some major surgeries on my knee. So my head was yeah. all over the place. And uh, I didn't sleep that night. But I said to myself, listen, you know, even though I thought he was joking, I told him I would do it. So we have to do it. And we literally like that weekend, we just start getting to work. It was nuts. That's I crazy. Mean, for, and for a 17 year old, too, the marketing genius that came out of you with Gretzky, with Rupp, <laughs> with some of these other players, like. Just unbelievable to even think about that as a 17-year-old. Like, Well, it's like I said, I, I appreciate it so much when people say that. I hate the word genius because there's so much pressure on me now. Everyone's calling me like <laughs> this little young genius. And I think I'm like not that smart. So it's like I'm 35 now. It's like every move I make, I'm like, oh, God, they're going to compare this to my marketing with the trashers. And it's like <laughs> – it's like. I hate this, like, I hate this love people seem to have for this marketing I, we used to do. And and it, like I said, it wasn't just me. We had a big team, but we had fun, you know? I mean, um, I think, I think especially in 2021, you know, people just have lost sight of sports is supposed to be fun. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. It's, don't get me wrong. It's business. There's a lot of money at stake, but I think... Even fans like nowadays between fantasy sports and betting and everyone like sports is like a combative thing. Everyone's just arguing with each other and fighting with each other. I'm like, dude, I used to watch sports just to get away from, you know, real life. You know what I mean? And, yes. uh, you know, now it's it's so crazy. Like nowadays, you know, everything is such like everything's on the line with people. And uh, when I go to the barbershop, these guys are practically fighting with each other over fantasy leagues and this. And it's like, you guys got to chill out a little bit, you know? And, uh, but no, I think, um, we just try to have fun with it. Seriously. Even back then, I mean, 2004, man, it was a different time back then, but even then, like we just did things. We didn't really plan anything. We just, we just like literally would wake up and, and think of an idea and do it. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't, but, um, you know, we, we had a lot of fun and, uh, you know, we try to make it fun for people because, again, if the fans aren't having fun, then what's the point? You know, I mean, it looked like Section 102 was having a great time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, they, I mean, they they I love those guys and girls so much. You know, they uh, they were they were literally part of the team. And uh, look, we could have done just about anything and, and they would have been happy. I mean, they were the greatest the greatest fans. I mean, they just. 
they just loved this team, this culture we were building so much. I mean, it was um, it was great. They 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 did have a lot of fun. That's for sure. One thing that shines through always for me, where you you brought up where you get like anxious when people say you're like this marketing genius and stuff, but for me and like what we've done with just dish and skate skins and everything for me looking at it through that lens instantly when i was watching this i was like oh this is just like ideas this is authentic like they're just legit trying to have fun with this mm -hmm. and that's just going to trickle down to the fans and so is so much where it wasn't like strategy it was just like another thing that stood out to me with that was your love of pro wrestling with the, oh, yeah. the storylines and the marketing with it, the authenticity shines through completely with that. And just like how you were trying to like mash up these two worlds in entertainment and sports. Well, listen, you know, I've been a pro wrestling was my first love. I mean, I still watch it. I still am a huge fan. Um, to me, like if you really want to think about it, things come and go, but, wrestling has been around for how many years it's not going i mean i feel like every kid it doesn't matter what generation at least knows what wrestling is right yeah. i mean they're marketing geniuses um i used to study like the way wwf used to do things and uh i mean we just you know we're like let's just develop a heel character on the ice like a yeah. bad guy and um that was literally the plan and like you said i mean there really wasn't a whole lot of strategy. You know what I mean? And it's funny because um, in the doc, there's a part where um, I'm talking about how I became like a stat nerd and I was thinking about stats all the time, and which was true. But really, to be honest with you, bro, like I didn't think too much about it. Like today, like I'm a huge baseball fan. Today, they got stats like up the yin-yang. Like they oh, got crazy. so many stats. Look. We, I did a lot of things stat based, but it was like, okay, if I see for five seasons, this guy scored over 20 goals, I'm pretty sure he's a good goal scorer. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think too much about every little minutia. I, I use the eye test. If I see someone, if they look good, let's, let's try it. You know what I mean? Like these guys today, it's like too much. It's too much. Like, and again, again, I'm a huge baseball fan and it's like, everything it's like it's so stat driven it, it's like you know it's it might as well be a video game at this point yeah it is like you said before the fantasy sports angle the betting and a lot of it it kind of is if i'm placing a bet on a baseball game i don't want the the punch statistic to be yeah. this guy has pitched his era in the month of october in even years is under two like it's you know what i mean it's cool but it, it's just yeah. so out there well, that's no, even too like yeah. the Tampa Bay, like what was it two years ago, pulled their starting pitcher. I think it was Snell based on analytics and the yeah. dude was rolling and he was pissed, obviously, when cash pulls him out of the game. And then next next batter ends up coming in and the Rays lose. And it's like, dude, what Bro, are you it's, doing? it's like it's like in baseball, that hundred pitch count. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden they get to like 90 and it's like, oh, my God. Like he he he'll be throwing a no hitter, like you said. He gets to ninety nine pitches. It's like what all of a sudden? What is it like a video game? His power goes all the way to red. Like he's got nothing <laughs> left. It, yeah. It's it's um it's gotten crazy. Not just baseball too, but it's just gotten so crazy. But you know stats, obviously. I mean, you can't do anything without stats. But 
we just I just kept it simple, stupid. Okay, this guy scores goals. I mean, if he's average, I just did simple averages. Really, I didn't yeah, do anything yeah. too in depth. Yeah, it was a good. It's again, it seems like a good blend of inspiration from other areas of sports and entertainment combined with some basic stat stuff, and you got this this beautiful franchise for this amazing two year run. I mean, what's was there anything? that happened in those two seasons, those two years that really for you translates directly to stuff you're doing now with the branding of it popping off again. I know your your boxing gym and promoting and stuff like that. I know we'll touch on that more at some point, but that just popped into my head and I wanted to ask you about that. You know, that's a good question. I mean, I've, you know, especially with, with the boxing and my gym and everything else, Sometimes I do catch myself doing something almost subconsciously that I'm like, oh, that was kind of like a trasher thing there. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, I definitely catch myself. But, you know, I would say the the thing I learned the most dealing with the team for those two years was I learned that in any area of life, not just hockey, when you're in a management position or you're in charge of a group or whatever, you got to learn how to manage personalities. Um, you know, everybody's different. You know, what makes people tick is different. Um, there's some guys you can be harder on than others. Some guys, if you're hard on them, they're just going to shut down. Um, you just learn to manage personalities. You learn to pick up different personality traits. It makes it a lot easier. So that's one of the key things I think I learned through, which I learned through my dad, obviously. Um, that's something I, a tool that I took, you know, post 2006 you know after we lost the team yeah yeah that's interesting i mean you, you brought up your dad i it's so the, the angle that i was so curious about with all of this is like did you, with him giving you this team and just kind of you know obviously he was there to be supportive and stuff how much pressure did you feel to have it be successful or did you not think about that really it was a mitten Unbelievable pressure. I mean, I always put a lot of pressure on myself with everything, even to this day. But then there was so much expectation and like you don't want to let your dad down. Right. But um, listen, my dad was very hands on. My dad was a very George Steinbrenner type of owner. So it wasn't like it wasn't like he gave me the ball and he kind of sat in the bench. Like, believe me, he was involved with with. Uh, you know, we talked about baseball. Here, here's how it was. I was the starting pitcher. He was the closer. So <laughs> I just, if I could get him to inning number nine and he closed it out, that that's how we, that's how we used to do our little tag team thing there. But uh, no, amazing pressure, you know, amazing pressure. And the thing is I would ride to the games with him usually. So if we lost, I'd have to ride back with him home. <laughs> yeah. And that sucked. That wasn't, he, to him, we should have went 82 and 0. You know what I mean? Like, of you course. know, he didn't. He didn't understand why we lost a game two to one or I'm like, I don't know. I'm not on the ice. I don't know what to tell you, you know? So, you know, unless we went 82 and oh, swept through the playoffs and won the cup, he wouldn't have, he was never going to be totally happy. <laughs> Just from what I saw in the documentary, that, that does make sense. High expectations for sure. But well, yeah, you and, know, and you forking too, over that money, it makes sense for sure. Two, you, go ahead, my bad. Yeah, and you said too, like, or, or your dad said in the documentary, like he wasn't even a hockey guy right until you as a kid decided 
hey, I want to be a hockey player. Like he yeah. he wanted you to play football, he said, right? And then you were just yeah. like, you know, no. It, was it Mighty Ducks you said got you got you into it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was. You know, it was like 93, I think it came out or something. And uh, I was like seven, eight. And uh, we just went to randomly watch it one day, me, my mom, my sister. And I don't know what it was. I just fell in love with, 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 um, with hockey. I just, I got a, you know, I begged my mom. We went to a sporting goods store. I got like rollerblades. I got a puck. I got a, I got the wrong, you know, type of stick. I was, I was like shooting with my backhand in front. I mean, it was nuts, but, uh, I would be out in the driveway for hours just, um, shooting, shooting, trying to teach myself how to skate. I mean, Danbury, we didn't even have an ice arena, you know, those days, you know, so hockey wasn't really a thing at the time for us. Did you have a favorite character in that movie? Someone that really got you into it? Oh, I mean, uh, Fulton Reed, obviously. Obviously, I related to Fulton Reed, too, because I had a pretty good shot. I wasn't the best skater, but I could shoot. So I, I had a lot of, you know, I liked him, you know, Charlie Conway was a little too emotional for me, but I liked him, uh, <laughs> you know, um, you know, he was a little, but no, I mean, then, you know, number two, you know, you got the Bash brothers. I mean, uh, wow. you know, that's what I was going to say. I feel like the, uh, in, in D2, the old Fulton Reed and Dean Portman Bash brothers was kind of, they would have fit right in on the trash. Oh they yeah. They would have been a, been a great pair uh, for that team. Oh, I get asked all the time, oh, who would win in a hockey fight, Dean Portman or, or Fulton Reed? And it's tough. I mean, uh, you know, people will probably say Portman because he's in better. People think aesthetically he's in better shape. But I think Fulton Reed would gas him out. And I think Fulton Reed has that head on him. It'd be hard to hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Sure. I think I'm going to side with you on that. I've never been asked about that debate. That's interesting. I've been, asked that, I've been asked that a hundred times in nine weeks. Who would win that yeah. fight? Uh, so who who wins a fight then? Uh, Brad Wingfield or Fulton Reed? Oh, but, well, Brad's <laughs> Brad will <laughs> Winger's gonna fight to the death. I don't think Fulton Reed has that in him. Yeah, that might be an unfair comparison. Movie character to a real life guy. Yeah. Who <laughs> one, uh, one guy that I really wanted to ask you about because I was fascinated by him and I would love to sit down and have a cigar with him is uh tommy pompicello <laughs> i i just i gotta know more about this guy i mean middle school coach was it turned equipment manager and just the antics that he was pulling as an equipment manager yeah he's uh he's something man i mean and i tell people because people are asking me i'm like listen that wasn't like shtick for netflix that was him like um you know, one thing I, I really liked about our doc is, you know, because I only know when I got interviewed how it was and stuff. You know, I'm always myself, but no right. one put on a show like everyone was authentically. That's how they are then and now, which is funny. And um, I think people feel that about the guys in the in the doc is like it's authentic is who we are. Yeah. You know, we're not putting on an act. Yeah. Tommy is uh, he's something else, man. He uh <laughs> He that was him. That was him in the dock and and uh he's he's uh he's loving it. Believe me, he's he's loving the attention. How, is there uh, any is there any story that got left out or any antic that you think should have made it in the documentary of something he did just to kind of mess with the other team before a game or something? 
oh god we used to sit there together and come up with these schemes and 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 you know allegedly obviously we would think allegedly. of stuff all the time and and uh you know it's it's so hard to pinpoint some you know because really to be honest with we you we told netflix obviously the pg versions of stuff we did i mean there was stuff I won't even tell you guys we used to do or we schemed to do. But listen, like I said, it was hell for anyone who came to Danbury. It was just hell. I mean, people literally hated it. And um, it was tough. I mean, listen, fire alarms were getting pulled in hotels. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I just I could go on forever. I mean, just, you know, you know, literally allegedly sawing the bench in half so like half the team couldn't sit you know during the game i mean uh just uh, just just it was a faulty bench it, it happened yeah i mean I, it's not, i mean you gotta you gotta ask the facility we didn't own the arena that's their problem so yeah. you know but no i mean we were just so annoying on so many levels we would just every little thing we did was just super annoying and uh you know I, guys would just pull their hair out when they had to come here did yeah. you uh did you lead the league in disciplinary hearings with Richard uh is it Brosal? Yeah, Mr. Brosal, yeah. Brosal. Yeah, did you like I mean, was this guy calling you every morning on your way to school like AJ, what the hell is going on over here? Yeah, yeah. Every so the bulk majority of our games were played on weekends. So I'd come home from college, I went to college in New York and I'd come, you know, drive 40 minutes back home and I'd stay the weekend and every Monday morning Every single Monday morning on my way back, I'd get the call and uh, he'd be so pissed, whatever we did that weekend. And, um, you know, the funny thing is a lot of it, he couldn't technically prove or give proof. So it was like, I was like, I, I can't say that happened or didn't because I have no idea. You know what I mean? So it, we, he would be so angry and, uh, you know, it got to the point where they were finding us every week. They were finding us something. And um, I remember, so it, it was like one big cycle. He called me, yell at me, and then he'd call my dad and say what happened. And uh, so finally, my dad called me. He's like, listen, I'm going to wire Brussel. I forget how much money he said. I'm just going to wire it to him. And they could deduct it, you know, every week, whenever we get fined, you know, rather than, you know, rather <laughs> Rather than wasting time every single week doing it, he's like, I'm just going to wire him. It was like a retainer for a lawyer. Yeah. He's like, um, listen, I, I forget what it was. I, I should ask him, but he's just like, look, I just wired him X, Y, Z thousand dollars. And, um, you know, they're just going to deduct it. Tell him not to call me. Just deal with you. I'm like, all right, thanks, dad. So, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, he pre we, we prepaid fines. That's got to be the only time in professional sports an owner has started a tab with the commissioner's office <laughs> and just said, "Yeah, put it on my bill." Yeah, that's yeah. really that's a true story. That's a we just prepaid the fines. Wow, that's so oh, incredible. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that. So AJ, I mean, when was well, something I wanted to ask you earlier? I mean documentary comes out you have this expectation like you can sit back with the family and friends enjoy kind of seeing the story put to bed pretty quickly you realize oh my god that is not what's going on here what was the first moment for you personally in all of this where you're like holy shit what did what did we do here like this is 
this is on a this is on another stratosphere than what we thought was going to happen with this. Do you have like a specific moment where you were like that oh shit kind of thing? Literally, literally, literally the next day where I'm sitting as we speak when I got um when I spoke with Drake and um he reached out regarding the doc and I was just like what? You know, I was just like this this isn't real, you know what I mean and uh you know, uh, to spare you the details, one thing to led to another, we end up on like, you know, a video call and I'm talking to Drake and he's telling me he loved the doc. Um, you know, he wants a Jersey and I'm thinking to myself, what? Like this has been day one. And it's like, so, you know, it, and it was just like, it was that moment. And I'm glad it happened so quick at that moment. I realized we're, we're, we're in for a ride more than likely here. And it was just pandemonium ever since. Seriously. Pandemonium. That's one of my favorite wrestling lines there. Oh, yeah, man. Pandemonium, baby. Listen, uh, Jim, Jim Ross, JR was like the soundtrack to my life. Most of my life. Oh, uh, dude. Like you would know the time you grew up for me, like stone cold, the rock like that, that whole thing. That was Attitude era, the best. Oh my God never better than that um, who was your favorite wrestler aj as a kid stone cold he was just so big at, when i was young like he was that guy but it's close like he's like 1a and 1b was probably undertaker i liked undertaker um but you know right before the attitude era i was a big like randy savage macho man fan i liked the million dollar man he was such a douchebag, million dollar man. I used to love him. I liked, I liked, see, Stone Cold was technically a good guy, but he had an edge to him. I liked the bad guys for the most part. And yeah. uh, Million Dollar Man is one of the greatest. If you, if the young kids YouTube him and look at some of his promos, if he said these things in 2021, he'd be oh. big trouble, man. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I was watching one the other day. I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine. And, I can't imagine we lived in a time like that at one point. You know, it's crazy. It is crazy. Every time I see clips even of like Stone Cold and Vince McMahon, yeah. all I picture is like you or your dad's head on it, like Stone Cold and then the commissioners on Vince. It just That's actually, good. you know what? That is about the best analogy right there. And I'm going to steal yeah. that from you. That, uh, you know, people ask me just to describe me that. do other interviews with that for me. <laughs> I will. I promise you. That is the exact analogy. It was Stone Cold and Vince McMahon, a hundred percent. It was uh, the, as soon as I, like I said, when I was watching that, I'm like, that is a real life Vince and Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is incredible. It really was. It really was. Uh, when he came say- down, when he came down to talk to the refs and all that, I was like, oh my god, this is this is incredible. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, he got, he got in, well, he got into it too. I mean, just altercation allegedly. with the ref, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, yes. You know, can't can't prove anything. Video kind of blocked out. You couldn't really see behind the crowd. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. Did you uh, I was scrolling through Instagram today and I'm clicking through and I get to your story and you had posted the backyard videos of you wrestling in like 2000. Jumping yep. off of ladders through sheetrock <laughs> in the backyard, like I mean, you were going all out. Did you ever send those tapes into Vince McMahon and ask him to sign you? Listen, I, people think I joke. I, I, my dream was to be a wrestler. Like I literally, in my heart, 
thought I was going to be a wrestler. Like, they, like I'm, you know, kids, you know, they want to be an astronaut. They want to do this, you know, and they mean it, but they don't. I wanted to be a wrestler, like by any means necessary. Now I'm a little older. I, I can deal with being like a manager. Like I would like to be a manager for a heel, you know, just mess with the crowd the whole time. I'd be willing to go through a table. I'd be willing to do it. Um, one million percent for free. I don't need to get paid. I just, I just need to have my moment in the ring, and uh, I just want to get booed. I want to get beat up. I, I don't want to be a hero at all. So that, yeah. But um, it's funny because so many people over the weeks were like, "Oh, you like wrestling?" Ask me wrestling stuff, and you know, because they saw a little bit in the doc some of the clips, and um, finally, I just put a poll out. Do you guys want to see like clips from wrestling? And I put a few out. Um, I got a few more I'll save for another day, but how none of us broke our necks, I don't know. But thank, thankfully, you know, we all made it out unscathed those years. Yeah, I mean, you legit for for people that haven't seen it yet, if if they can watch like the clip at some point. I mean, you had like climbed up a ladder like onto the garage and were like jumping down like after getting hit in the head with a cookie sheet. I mean, there was absolutely nothing hold you down like no nah, i was all in and i was the only one who had the balls to take the big bumps so i was always the guy you know doing the bumps and uh you know very mick foley-esque i guess <laughs> mick foley oh that's great um aj one one other thing um you know just going along before we get too far from the hockey side of things what were your inspirations when you found the game with the, obviously the Mighty Ducks? We never got to touch on NHL players or like pro players. I, I know you were from the dock. You're a Devils fan growing up. Was was that where it centered from you? Did you have players on that team where you were like, I want to be that guy on the ice? Oh, uh, Scott Stevens was yeah, had, like, had to be. <laughs> no, Scott Scott Stevens was a, a god to me. I mean, and look, you know, again. Hockey wasn't big where I was from at the time. I think it was 94. My dad took me to my first game. It was a Devils and Penguins game. Had I gone to a Ranger game first, maybe I'd be a Ranger fan. I don't know, but I was a Devil fan from the start, and I remember Scott Stevens. I don't know who he caught, but he laid somebody out, and I was just like, wow. I was like, um, this is this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be like, and uh, he was he was the king, man. He was yeah. – was, my God, the hits he used to throw, I mean, insane. I can't imagine ripping through the neutral zone, even with my head up, seeing everything, knowing that guy was coming for me. Just a just a shark. He was a shark, yeah, man. Exactly. And I feel like it worked out good, too, I must say, the devil thing. It, it seems very on brand, given all the trasher stuff. Like, just it's got kind of a heel feel to it, where, you know what yeah. I mean? A little well, grittiness with those teams, too. Yeah, I mean, and I got lucky because, I mean, I wasn't a hockey fan before that. And, you know, we end up winning the cup in 95 and then 2000 and 2003. So I saw a few cups, which was cool. And, um, but yeah, I was always, uh, you know, to this day, a big, big Devils fan. Yeah. There's so another thing I wanted to ask, you know, going over with, you know, relationship with you and your father. Throughout this process, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of people that will try to get you on places, try to talk to you, to try to get to him. Mm -hmm. it, does that it, does that happen often? Does that get frustrating for just like, man, 
you know, I, I just wanted to ask like how that kind of affected you through this process as good as it's been. I'm sure, I'm sure that's yes. been a part where it's like, come on, dude. No, nah, you know what? It doesn't bother me. Look, my whole life, you know, to be honest with you, you know, I'm, I wasn't stupid at a very early age, at a very early age. I knew a lot of these grown men were being so nice to me, you know, because of my dad, it wasn't because I had some personality, you know what I mean? And, uh, no, you know, listen, me and my dad, we, we're, we're, we're so similar. It's crazy. The only difference is, you know, uh, we, we, we have this, we have this thing. It's like yang and yang. You know, he doesn't typically like to do stuff like this. I don't mind doing it, but, uh, no, I don't, I don't get upset about it. You know, I, my, my dad, um, he, he's an interesting character to, you know, in his own right. So, right. he um, you know, he, he garners a lot of attention, but he doesn't really care. You know, he's like, whatever, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he, he's just, a, he's a funny guy. Yeah, I'm sure he, he vaguely a little bit reminds me a lot of my family members too, that are kind of have that stoic, not going to say a whole lot, but when they do talk, you like, you tune in, you want to hear what that oh, he knows say. everything that's going on. He sits yeah. in the corner. You don't think he, he doesn't say boo, but believe me, he knows everything that's going on and he's just waiting for you to ask him for his opinion and he'll let you know for sure <laughs> yeah that's amazing uh toots what do you got left for for your list of questions well I I got yeah some, i but... mean one thing too was i know you said you've always kind of root for the bad guy and and things like that i know that came up in the dock and, and the whole branding right for the trashers the evil empire the uh and, and one quote that got me that i love the home for the 1% who cheered for the bad guys. Like when you, when you were, when you were going through everything with the trashers, I mean, was the whole goal, like we're going to be the bad guys. Cause in a lot of ways too, it's funny where I think you guys were that bad guy. And I know they brought it up in the doc, but like the Tony Soprano comparison, right. Where it's like, it's the bad guy kind of, but you root for that bad guy because you love him. Like, listen, you know, it's one of those things where we wanted we wanted this underdog feel to us because we yeah. we you know Danbury as a city itself is an underdog type of city too. So it's like we had this us against the world attitude, and we were basically marketing to everyone, but mostly to the blue collar one percenters that that you know hate their job but they're willing to spend money to come to your game like gritty you know people just loved it yeah. and uh, it became like a culture out here people loved like we we had an identity people felt like this camaraderie i mean you'd have like all walks of life in the arena watching this team eventually it just it spewed out to everyone but yeah i mean we just really wanted this like us against the world thing and uh, we, we, I think we executed on it for sure, for sure. <laughs> I would say, say so. <laughs> I would say so for sure. And like, was there, was there a point too where like, obviously, right. You talk about like section 102. I mean, they were lunatics there in the game and like you had a rowdy crowd in there, but did you ever turn around and see like, oh, that's my high school teacher. And like people just that shocked <laughs> you that they were going nuts, like yelling obscenities at a hockey game. You know, not at the time, but since this doc has come out, 
so many people who I had no idea used to go to the games were like, oh my God, I remember this and that. But no, you know, not at the time. I wish I would have had some good blackmail on some people, but no, <laughs> not at the time. I didn't really notice that. But um, what I did notice sometimes was like young kids, like sneak, you know, like in the movies, sneaking into like an R-rated movie. You'd see kids like sneaking in and, you know, they're like, AJ, don't, don't, don't tell my mom or this or that. And, and it was, it was wild, man. But no, I mean. Since the die, I mean, so many people have come up to me, and and I know they're not lying because I they're telling me things that oh, you had to be there to know, and I'm like, wow, I didn't know you went to the games. It, it's it's funny to see. To um, and when you were in college and you were driving back and forth that that year on the weekends, did other kids that you were going to school with in college, like I mean, these kids are eighteen-year-old freshmen in college, right? They're trying to scrounge up twenty bucks and have someone go buy them beer on the weekend, and here you are going home, running the hockey team. Did they, did these people or your professors? Did they know what you were doing on the weekend, or was that pretty low key? One million percent, I promise you. At my college, four people knew what I was doing. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't advertise it. I mean, we didn't really have social media at the time. Right, um, right. I didn't want to like, I kind of wanted to just fit in and I, I wasn't looking to like, yeah. Hey, I do this. I do that. But honestly, like my very small core group that I kind of hung with in college, like three, four people, they were the only ones who really knew what was going on. Every, everything. Like, I promise you, no one else knew what was going on. So there's definitely somebody that is sitting there that watched this documentary like 10 weeks ago and was like, Oh shit, that dude was in like my freshman year economics class. I had no idea. <laughs> That's a true story. I had someone message me who went to my college and um, it's funny because if you go on our Instagram, you'll see um, they started selling like these trasher, like lawn chairs, almost like these um, nice wooden chairs. Yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. The guy who runs or part of that, a major part of that company, I went to college with him and he messaged me. He's like, dude, do you remember me? And to be honest with you, I didn't have the typical college experience. I wasn't going out partying. So I didn't know too, too many people, but I, re I we had a mutual friend. I'm like, oh, wow, I, I do remember you. And uh, he's like, I had no idea about this team and, you know, bad marketing on my point, because that's a lot of tickets that could have been sold. But you know, I, I just kind of wanted to fit in and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's all coming back around now for sure. Life lessons as it were. Um, yeah. one thing I definitely, um, as we getting close here, but got a few minutes left with you. I wanted to make sure to ask just with, you've talked about the last nine weeks since the doc came out, have you had time to sit down and think like, okay, we're still kind of riding out this first wave as it were like future plans for this. How do you, are you going to keep trying to scale this? Have you sat down with, you know, yourself, your team, your family thought about any of that as far as keeping this going? Dude, I've been waiting for this thing to slow down, but <laughs> I honestly, I mean, it's almost to the point where this logo is like a, a legit brand now meaning yeah. there's people who want like shirts of they're not even hockey people they're like mm -hmm. dude that's the coolest logo i ever saw i would wear that just because mm -hmm. honestly i'm looking i'm looking to kind of i'm looking to brand this logo and the trasher name 
as something more than just like an old hockey team and, um, you know, have it mean something like almost like an adjective. Oh, I'm a trasher. You know, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, being somebody unapologetically yourself, you know what I mean? Being, uh, a guy, not a girl, a guy, a girl, not, not afraid to get his nose dirty if needed, you know, being an underdog. So there might be a way to just keep this memory. You know, it's kind of like, I'm a huge Batman fan. And there's like a lot of conspiracies with like the Joker, how like, uh, you know, the Joker was actually just a symbol for a lot of, you know, maybe the trashers could be a symbol for, for something, you know, even being like an old school type of feel, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of, I'll be honest with you off the record. There's been a lot of talks of some other crazy stuff that might happen early next year or events or this or that. But honestly, man, I just wake up just like 16 years ago and we just go with the flow. See what, see what comes. That's awesome. awesome. I love the ideas. Excited to see what comes of that for sure. Um, Obviously hope, you know, us at just dish and skate skins can help in any way with that. I'm just going to say, get your skate skins. We got the trash and the bad boy skate skins out there. Those are fire. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, I'm excited for those. I have a feeling those are going to pick up very soon. Yeah. There's going to be some like 12 year old kid playing youth hockey that wears those Danbury trasher skate skins and just racks up the penalty minutes. It's going to be awesome. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. You know, it's got to mean something, you know what I mean? So, uh, you, you gotta, you gotta bring that trasher energy and, and, and carry the flag. One, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you too, AJ is, um, post trashers. I know kind of, you talked about, t- you took a step back for a while, you're driving trucks, right. And then started your own boxing gym and, what was that process like? I know you wanted to get away from hockey. Did did that give you the break that you needed to be able to come back and do this stuff this many years later? Honest to God, I got into boxing no different than I got into the trashers. I I'm not I wasn't a boxing fan growing up. I didn't box growing up. Wow. I know nothing about boxing. It was one of those situations where locally I did a favor for someone and then Next thing you know it, I'm talking with, you know, a, a, a fighter who needs representation. And and next thing I know it, like literally, uh, you know, they, oh, can you be our manager? And I'm like, what the hell is a manager? Like, I don't know. You know, like, what's a boxing man? You know, I don't know. Within a week, next thing I know it, I'm driving to the city to talk to a promoter. It's like, all of a sudden I'm in. Like, like wow. I had no plan. No, nothing. I'm just, I somehow just got in. So that I've been in boxing over 10 years now. So about five years into that, you know, I decided, you know, let's, let's start a gym out here in Danbury. You know, we don't have a gym and um, I never ran a gym before. So it's like everything I do is just winging things. And um, I definitely don't suggest that. I mean, I, I might, <laughs> I definitely don't like, that's not like everyone is kind of like, Oh, that's so cool. You wing things. And, I'm like, no, it's not cool because I'm never settled. Like I, I like every day is pressure because it's like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. I, I just, I just run with it. You know what I mean? And uh, you know what? I've gotten, I've, I've gotten lucky throughout the years for sure. Hey, like, keeps things exciting though. You know, keep, keeps you on your toes. There could be benefit to that. Listen, I'm starting to realize like I, I must, that must be my adrenaline. Like I run on like the pressure of like, 
just I don't know, man. I, I I don't know what makes me tick. I'm I'm definitely off though. I'll tell you that much. I, I am. Uh, I, I I there's it's definitely a lot of action though. I'll give you that. It keeps things interesting. Well, we we definitely got that from the cookie sheet to the back of the head and then yeah, off right. onto the sheetrock, man. <laughs> Listen, I got so many more I'm gonna post, and I think you're gonna love it. I got a. Oh man, I didn't have that. I was a big ECW fan too, so it's like I had like. I'd like three moves and the rest, I just found something to hit someone with. You know what I mean? So it's like all my buddies had all these suplexes and power bombs and all this stuff. I had like, literally I had a super kick triple, uh, triple A. So Michael, I had a super kick, a friggin', uh, uh, this bootleg backbreaker that didn't even look good. I had a submission, but I would just find anything and hit, hit these kids with it. It was, it was, uh, Man, what a time to be alive. I'll tell you that much. You can't do that anymore. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I had a lot of run-ins on the trampoline doing stuff like that with friends. Oh, doing man. The, uh, doing the trampoline crazy wrestling was oh. beautiful. I mean, that's I tell you, that's even more hardcore than what we were doing. Trampolines are dangerous. As I get oh. older, man, I'm like, oh, my God, a trampoline. You're yeah. lucky you made it out because uh, yeah. that's – Things can go left real quick on those things. Oh, dude, you talk about breaking necks and you go to a trampoline. Woo. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of I don't got a ton left here. I don't, you know, you've been so gracious with your time, you know, for us, AJ, and everyone else. But there was there was uh, you know a point at the end of the documentary where you know after your dad comes home, meet up with some of the guys, some of the one hundred two fans, and everything. What did that, I mean, it, there was a good snippet on that in the documentary, but in your words, not from, you know, chopped up producer feel, what did that mean to you, your father, the, the, the 102 fans, some of the players, obviously, how, how special was that moment and how fresh is that in your mind still after everything that you guys went through? It's, it's, you know, when my dad was away all those years, you know, I would still see a lot of those guys, you know, around town, you know, you see them and, but never as like a group, right. Not, yeah. not like collectively like that. So when I went to that, you know, we were taping it, we were surprising them. I didn't think it was going to be as big of a deal for me personally, because I've seen a lot of these guys throughout the years, but something about it's weird. Something about seeing them all together, like as a group again, um, it was like it was like we were back in 2004, 2005. Yeah. It was like um you know when you just have a friend that you may not talk every day, maybe you don't see people for months, but when you see each other again it's like you pick up right where you left off, you know? Yeah. It's like um I was really happy. I've been really most happy with this whole thing from my father cuz I feel like it's kind of a redemption thing. Um you know, listen, you know, my dad's never you know, made excuses for, for things. I mean, he, he's not a saint. He's always said, I'm look, I'm not an angel, but, uh, you know, I, it was good for him to, to get a lot of recognition, you know, see a lot of people like, Oh, they're glorifying this family, this and that. Look, my, we've never made excuses for what, you know, has happened. You know, we've all done whatever, but I think if you take all that legal stuff out of it and you think of just in terms of the team and what we built, um, I'm so happy that my dad is, is frankly getting a lot of the credit he deserves because it was really his vision. And um, he took a major chance, major chance. And um, you know what? Yeah, it was two seasons, but 
this is something that honestly could live forever. You know, well, who knows? I mean, yeah. you know, uh, so it's uh, I'm, I'm really happy for for him because really, I mean, I get a lot of credit. This one gets a lot of credit. But without him, it, there's none of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it, that brings me back to like when we talked about the Mighty Ducks movies, when you said that was kind of your inspiration for the hockey and everything, like how big those movies were pre-social media, pre-streaming and everything. They, they to me, they didn't have near the impact that this story, this documentary had and the, the pace it's getting, I think. Just how quick it's all happened. It, it's crazy. I mean, I, it's so crazy, man. It's like, you know, and, and so many people tell me, and they're, and they're wrong. So many people tell me, oh, man, imagine if the trashers were around with social media, how much bigger it would be. I said, no, it wouldn't be as big because nowadays something's hot for a week and it's gone. You know yeah. what I mean? It's on to the next thing. There's something about this story and, and having very limited footage of it. And the footage that we do have is very grainy. Like yeah. it, it just adds to the whole authenticity. And I tell people, listen, the best stories are the ones that, I mean, look at history books. I mean, we're, we're reading about history from hundreds of years ago. We don't know if it happened or not. You know what I mean? We right. kind of go by what we're told. And I said it in the doc, dude, I promise you, since this team left, I, on a weekly basis, at least once a week for over a decade, someone will come up and tell me a story about the trashers, their, their experience. And wow. sometimes people tell me things that are so wrong that never happened. And <laughs> I will never, ever burst their bubble. I will never correct them because it's like going this. I'm getting off on a tangent, but listen, no, it's, it's like going, keep going. We love it's it. It's like it's like going to a museum. I used to go to a museum and be like, what the hell is this crap? And you would look at art and I'd be like, what am I looking at? And the teacher would say, oh, it's whatever you, you know, conceive it to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, there are so many stories that are true that people say and so many that are false, but I'll never confirm or deny them because I let people, whatever they interpreted from those two seasons, that's how the legend has grown because yeah. it's like, it, it's become urban legend. Like um, people will literally look me in my face and tell me things that I did that never happened. And, <laughs> and I'll just be like, Oh yeah, man, it's crazy. You know, I always say it's crazy. You know what I mean? And, uh, mm. but people, um, they just, uh, it just had such an effect on the locals, especially. And to see like a documentary that it touches people, it's 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 crazy to me. But it's it's so it's super humbling. And that's why I like talking to people. And uh, I always like make time for everyone that I can, you know. Yeah. Look, man, we appreciate you making the time so much on that note. We would love to do this again. Anytime you got something yeah. new you're doing, help promote it. We are always yeah, here to help you, bro. For sure. No, for I real. Same thing, man. Get your skate skins. And yeah, uh, yeah 100%. <laughs> AJ, thanks so much. Sending uh, best wishes you and your family, the holiday season coming up. Stay safe on all your travels with everything you're doing. Let's stay in touch. Thank you so much for your time. I think everyone's really going to love hearing this from you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thank you, AJ.